El Chuqueño presents Almost Live from Big D's Party Palace Featuring Fernie G Banami And my name is Rich Wright Hey y'all We're back it's just uh, me this time on a special edition of El Chuqueño Presents Almost Live from Big D's Party Palace. I'm here with my friend from 37 years ago, 36, 35 years ago. Uh, you know, what year did we say it was, Greg? I think 1983 is we. 1983. That would be 40 years ago. Yeah. That would be 40 years years ago. ago. And we have not seen each other for 37 years, right? That's right. Right, right, right. And uh, I'm here. Uh, It's me. I'm here with Greg Clark. My name is Rich Wright. And we're here with El Chicano Presents Almost Live. From Big D's Party Palace, except it's a little quiet in here tonight because it's like Tuesday night or what is it, Monday? Is it Tuesday? What day is it? I believe it's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. Right, right. Greg Greg doesn't really know what day it is because he's an academic. That's exactly it's right. It's like, what day is it theoretically, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Greg? I moved to Austin to play uh, Ultimate with y'all. To play ultimate with the uh, Austin Snakes. The Austin Ultimate Snakes, right? We were the Snakes, right? The AU Snakes, right? That's exactly right. The AU Snakes, right. And uh, that was in the 80s. And let me tell you guys, you may have heard differently. In the 80s, everything was exactly the same as it is right now. Right? Am I right, Greg? Nothing had changed, right? No changes since the 80s. Right. It's like... Austin has been stuck in amber. It's been it's been uh, held in amber for the last forty years, right? At least for me. <laughs> <laughs> Greg is a uh, he's a scientist. He's a scientist. He's he's a botanist. He's a botanist, and he's been uh, mapping the genetic changes or for. Uh, Arabidosis, which is a disease that afflicts people from the Middle East. Am I right, Greg? Is that what that is? Arabidopsis. Yeah, I, I know a lot about that. One. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, that's I'm not wrong, right? It's a disease that afflicts people from the Middle East. Is that right? Well, Arabidopsis is is a model plant that you won't find here in Texas. It's too darn hot for it, but you find it in. Um, Northern U.S., Canada, Europe, Asia, but you also find it in laboratories all over the world because it's a model plant for research. But yeah, it's a little bit of a disease if you're a plant biologist. <laughs> and uh, a model plant. What makes it a model plant? Well, a model plant, you might think of kind of like a, a model car. You know, if you're a kid and you're playing with a model car, you can learn something about a car. You can see that it has a axis, wheels, etc., and a model plant is just a simple system to do experiments on plants. So, Arabidopsis is just a simple um, 
plant to do research on. So let me get this straight. It is not a disease that afflicts people from the Middle East. Not exactly. Not exactly. So is it kind of like fruit flies? Yeah. It's you like know, they always flies. used to do experiments on fruit flies because, well, for one thing, they were cheap. They didn't yeah. complain, you know, so, yeah. And they only live for about a week. And they only live for about a week, you, you know. You can do a lot of genetics on them, yeah. Uh-huh, so you can see what the next generation is doing. Exactly. And does, uh, how do you say it, Arabidopsis? Arabidopsis. Arabidopsis. It has those same characteristics? Well, it has a pretty short lifespan. Um, it can go from seed to seed in about two months. Wow. So for a plant, that's pretty fast. So that's, can, fast for, that's fast for anything. Yeah, you can I do mean, genetics on it. And um, it also doesn't get very big. Um, so, so you can you grow can it in your lab. a lot of it in your lab. Yeah. If I was growing corn, you know, I'd only be able to have about four or five corn plants. But Arabidopsis, I can have lots of them because they, they don't get very big. Uh-huh. Even at, at full, full life. So. And uh, what have you been doing with it? You've been mapping the genome or what? Oh, no. I, I use them to do uh, whole plant physiology experiments. So I, I treat them with a stimulus like gravity or light or drought. And then I see what their earliest responses are at the cellular level. You know, Greg, I've known you for 40 years. I don't believe you've ever treated me with a stimulus. <laughs> How about when I hooked it long to you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I said, okay. go fetch. <laughs> Yeah, me and you Greg should have used seen Rich Wright in the back in the day. He he wore a full body suit and some eye goggles, and he was fast as the wind. And I would just throw it as far as I could throw it and say, "Go get it!" Wow, he must have been very impressive back in the day. He was fast oh, wow. and tall and good looking, scary and good looking. <laughs> Nobody wanted to cover him. Oh, wow. That skin and, suit must have shaved seconds off of your. Victory. Well, I think I think people didn't want to stand too close to me when I was wearing that skin suit. They, <laughs> I think they would they would give me a couple steps just to you know. But yeah, very good looking. <laughs> so uh, I remember we used to live on uh, what do you call it Bartlett? You say it different than we do. Oh, Bartlett Burnett Road. Burnett Burnett Road. Burnett Road. Road there in Austin. Yeah. And we lived on the stub end of Burnett Road. Because Burnett Road went forever, right? Exactly. And we lived out in the stub residential end of uh Yep, right in, Road. almost at the end of Burnett Road. There was a hospital by there, right? Mm-hmm. And what was it called? Uh which one was that? Seton Hall know. or something like that. Anyhow, anyhow, there was uh we were living right down there in uh you know Practically suburbia, Austin suburbia in those days, in the 80s, you know. In Austin at that time, there were only about 65 people that lived in Austin. <laughs> yep, and now now there's a few more. And we'd go to uh, Chewy's on Fridays. They had the, the uh, taco bar on Fridays. We would go in there and we would get those uh, Everclear margaritas. Well, I think they had tequila in them. But we would uh, get I think, a margarita. I think what they did is they, they took the tequila bottle and they shined a flashlight through it onto the margarita mix. The Everclear Margaritas was at a place on Guadalupe called Uncle Nasty's. And they did have Everclear Margaritas. And I don't know if you guys know about Everclear, but you know in Mexico they use Everclear um, to kill roaches. Put a bowl of Everclear out and the roaches climb into it and don't ever get out. 
Wow. Is that like some kind of analogy, bro? Is that, <laughs> are you trying to teach me a life lesson? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right on. And we used to always go up to uh, Mount Bunnell for the sunsets, right? We'd get up there. We'd gather up there on the edge. And uh, that was back when pot was illegal, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was uh, 40 years ago, right? Was pot was illegal, yeah. And we would... Uh, uh, Watch people getting high up there, right? You know, and watch I, the I think, sunset. And watch the sunset. We would watch the sunset from Mount Almost Bernal. every night. Well, often, frequently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were a we were a pretty good frisbee team that year, huh? Nineteen eighty-three. Yeah, it was us and the Ether Bunnies. The Ether Bunnies, yeah, on in their tie dyes. Yeah. Do you know anything about those guys that used to be on the Ether Bunnies? I do. They just had a, a reunion. No way. It. Did they invite you? Um, they allowed me to come. Yeah, they, they were, did. They had two nights. The first night, snakes were allowed. Uh-huh. Second night, we were. They were. Not they were invited. talking shit about you, we right? The second night, they were talking shit about you, That's right? right? Did they have a, a snake pinata? <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The Jim, probably night. Jim Deline, right? Probably <laughs> Jim Deline, right? They. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim Himbo was not their favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, we had a great rivalry with the Ether Bunnies. They were. Two or three years older than us in general, and uh, had been playing longer than us. So, they wanted me to play with them. Oh, they were I'm tried sure to they recruit tried me. to recruit you. They but, tried to recruit me, but, but I, I said, I, "Man, I didn't let that happen, did I?" I said, "Man, if if uh, if I go and play with you guys, they're not going to let me sleep on the floor of the frisbee house anymore." <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, we would have kicked you out to the backyard. Yeah, that's dog. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so now you're some kind of a research fella. The the Google told me. Oh yeah, a research fella. Yeah, you were spying on me in the, on the internet. Well, don't say you never spied on me on the internet, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I work at UT and I'll do whatever whatever it takes to get paid, including take the trash out. All um, right. Yeah, welcome, welcome to owning your own business, bro. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, uh, you're uh, you're a heavyweight in the ultimate frisbee world, right, bro? I mean, you're old now, right? You're you're sixty, right? I turned a lot, sixty recently. Someone told a lot, me. a lot younger than I am. Oh, because yeah. I'm I'm a hundred and three, you know. But, <laughs> but I'm pickled, you know. So so uh, it works, and uh. Yeah, but you uh, played in nationals several times. Huh? How many times have you played in nationals? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know if you c- count um, Cuervo nationals. You know, Cuervo used to sponsor a special national championship. Um, they had special rules, actually. I, I don't know anything about that, but I do know that one time I was on a team that stole a Cuervo banner from a ultimate oh, tournament. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that was yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It, yeah. it wasn't you, but you, you But I was on a team, somebody idea. did. I mean, you know, we were the worst guys at the time. Now yeah. we're now there's one some guys that are worse than us. But at the time, we were the worst guys, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I played at, at quite a few nationals, um, probably 30 or more. And, Are uh, you kidding me? I had to go to uh, New Zealand and Germany to win a national championship. Cause no way! I kept coming in second, second place here in the U.S. Wow! And uh, <laughs> men's open 
nationals? Um, I know you New told Zealand. me you played mixed a little bit. In New Zealand, it was uh, open. Yeah. All right. Wow. But really, the ultimate frisbee, um, the camaraderie, the the parties, right. the right, the parties, the fun that we used to have was was what was the attraction. I mean, there was a lot of competition, and you would run all day long and play hard all day long. But then, you would play even harder at night and um, dance all night and wake up the next morning and play again. Right, and. Uh when I used to play competitive ultimate, we would go to a tournament and we would have ten guys, right? You know, right. we would show up with ten guys, and ultimate was an endurance sport. And these days, the teams have uh, twenty guys, twenty-five guys on them. At least they have the O line and the D line, the offensive line and the defensive line. You have the offensive team and the defensive team, and uh, it's all about sprints. It's all about bang. You're you're out there. You sprint. You get it done. You don't get it done. Right? Yeah. The big transition in ultimate was when they switched from the Whammo 165 frisbee to the Discraft, and the Discraft. I, was much easier to learn to throw it flew better and so if you were a starter a beginner at ultimate you could learn to throw a discraft pretty well in, a, in the first month or so if back in the day with the whammo it took six months to a year before you could throw very well and so now younger athletes it's a much more accessible sport for them really you think it's the change in the uh frisbee that did that i think that made a big difference yeah uh because uh well there was changes in the culture too no but but uh yeah right obviously that's true too i noticed that but the that transition happened when i was living in austin that was about the time that it changed. Went to the Discraft? Went to the Discraft, yeah. Maybe a little bit later. You were there in Austin in 83? No, uh, not a little bit later, because I remember I wrote about it when it happened. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, right now in my basement, I have two 81Es, new inbox. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I mean, because, you know, they're you, you have, and me. You, I could sell them to you probably, but no, probably nobody else wants them, bro. They're yeah. probably worth a lot. You think so? Well, if if anybody wanted to buy them, they'd be worth a lot, right? But yeah. Do you have any El Paso Ultimate Frisbees? No. I, you know, I told you. Uh, <laughs> I used to have a big stack, you know, 30, 40 Frisbees. And uh, when I started playing again 15 years ago, 10 years ago, they were throwing stock for me. I mean, you know, I wasn't putting them up on the wall. I used to have them up on the wall at Wild Hairs, Booze and Adventure, my bar. They were up on the wall there, but... Yeah, I, uh, well, I have a question for you. Did you start the first El Paso Ultimate Frisbee team? Uh, there was, uh, yeah, there was, uh, ah, you know how Ultimate is, right? You know, yeah. I mean, it's rah, 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 people fighting back and forth, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I was instrumental in starting one. I wouldn't say that it was all me, you know, but uh, then, uh, there were some guys in Northeast that were playing too, you know. And for uh, a little while, uh, we first we played together and then we split. We had, and then I, I had uh, the team, it was three people. We had three people on the team. Me and Miguel Silva and uh, 
Mike Shahan. We were I think the team. I remember those guys. We were we were uh, the jackals. We called ourselves the jackals, and we would show up at a tournament, the three of us, and we'd try and get on pick up on some team, you know. And there was always, you know, back then there were teams that would show up with uh, eight, nine, ten guys, you know, and, and they needed. Play. They'd say, "Oh yeah, 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 you guys." And we could play, you know. We knew how to play, and we played. We used to playing with each other, so uh, we would show up and uh, we would play, and then. Uh, Sometimes those other guys from Northeast El Paso would show up and they would have four or five guys, you know, and there would be us and them looking for teams to pick up with. <laughs> so, you know, eventually we started picking up with each other. You know, we let bygones be bygones, you know, and we started. Didn't El Paso again. Ultimate used to play Socorro Ultimate? Yeah, yeah, Back yeah. Back in the early uh, days. Yeah, yeah. There were... Uh, the first tournament I ever went to was in Silver City, New Mexico. Okay. And we showed up with six guys. So we picked up a, a guy off the sidelines. Hey, hey, come here, come here, come here. And we were doing okay, we were doing okay. But then, like, we got down to uh, Sam Eyes, I think it was. And uh, every step you took felt like one of those three-pronged gardening <laughs> tools. In your, in your calves, you know, it was like, oh, man, you know, and so uh, we had to surrender then because we were playing uh, Savage, you know, we were playing Savage. We yeah, had seven guys. Have, back in the day, the one-day Savage 7 tournament right, where you right. could only have seven. On right, that was the rule then, and sometimes, I think they modified it later, where you could only have seven players playing in one game. But back in the old days, it was seven guys on the team, and, For you the know, what do you have? What do you have? And the games were to seven, you know, so, yeah. yeah. It was brutal, yeah. Those kids these days, they don't know how lucky they got it. Back when I started playing Ultimate, Greg, back in 1981, uh, the stall count was 15. And then it went to 12. And then it went to 10, which is what it's at now, 10. Yeah. But... Uh, Unless you're talking Pro Ultimate. What is Pro? Pro Ultimate now, the, the stall count is 5. AUDL, it's five? Yep. Well, I, I think that's good because I think the offense has a real advantage in ultimate no matter what. Yeah. I think you need to, uh, I mean, you know, you're throwing the disc and the guy you're playing with knows where you're throwing it. You got a real advantage on the defense, you know. Uh, but I think, uh, I think it's good to go five count. But also, I think... Um, You either make the field smaller or you put more people on the team. Well, Pro Ultimate, they made the field bigger. Right, Give right. The offense no, even they're more. they're all about the hook, man. They're all about the hook. I mean, in a Professional Ultimate, you get credit for a goal if you catch it. If you throw it, you get the assist, right? That's not fair. That's not fair, bro. What? <laughs> I mean, you know, throwing it is what you can do. If you want to work on your game, you can throw it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, uh, Greg, you haven't been to El Paso very much, am I wrong? I'm not. I've not been here except for driving through on my way to Tempe, Arizona for for the New Year's Fest. I played in that that tournament 16 years in a row. Is that right? Yep. And we would fly right through El Paso on the right, way. Right, right, right. Show up about 8 a.m. Uh -huh. in our van and play our first game at 9 a.m. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. You've played a few Tempe tournaments with us, I think. Yeah, I've played some Tempe tournaments. Yeah. I don't know. The Plastic tournament. Surgeons, remember that team? I the do. Plastic Surgeons, yeah. yeah. That guy Eric, he's some kind of a ultimate archivist. That yeah. was a great team. Yeah, they were great. They were fun, too. I liked them, yeah. Yeah, it was a great... You know, I put a lot of that out of my mind. You know, I got... I have a big life, you know, with a lot of chapters in it. And the ultimate chapter doesn't often come to mind, especially our part, which, you know, I haven't seen you for 37 years. 37 years. Do you know how long that is? Do you, listener out there in uh, Podcastville, know how long 37 years is? It's, it's, well, it's longer than you have been alive. Or maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, what else, Greg? We're drinking Bacanora? Yeah, we are. It's really nice. We're drinking Bacanora here. I got it from special. Sonora. From Sonora. And we are... My first Bacanora. Your first foray into Bacanoraville. That's right. You should go down there, Greg. You should go down there to Sonora. The I may have to come back to El Paso and go on a... Boys right. trip with you. Right, I should... We should go on an adventure. It is so cool. It's like time travel, bro. It's like Chihuahua in the 1970s. It's rural Mexico. Over there, the eastern part of the state of Sonora is Chihuahuan Desert. So, yeah, it's super cool. Two lane runs. Hey, thank you all. Uh, we've been here chatting with my good friend, uh, Greg Clark, who... Uh, Used to let me sleep on his floor 39 his years ago. You offered me the couch, but nobody <laughs> ever wanted to sleep on that couch. I remember Billy. What happened to Billy, bro? Billy D. Billy, Billy D. Beats. Yeah. yeah, he's in Chicago. We, he we just visited him last year. Yeah, yeah. See, you yeah. should come to a snake reunion to get to see Billy and, and all these. Well, there's all those other guys I don't want to see. <laughs> But, you know, I'm glad you came here to visit me today. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you, gentle listener, for joining us for this uh, weird episode of El Chuqueño Presents Almost Live from Big D's Party Palace. Where Remember Big D's Party Palace? Where uh, the fun doesn't stop till the cops come twice. So, uh we're here. I want to thank our sponsors today. Uh, as always, uh, Hostess Twinkies, Golden Sponge Cake with a cream filling, Black Coffee, and Water. Water! It's what you are. <laughs> thank you. Come back. Stick around. See you often. Ciao. Yeah, you. Yeah.